0: Welcome to Mighty Girls. By the age of 17, 55% of girls will have dropped out of sport. That number is much, much smaller for boys. Often it's not because they don't like sport anymore either, it's other things. It might be juggling sport with schoolwork or grappling with changing bodies and managing periods. On each episode of Mighty Girls, I'll be talking to girls who are achieving great things in their sports despite the challenges. We'll talk to them about their highs and their lows, what they've done to last the distance and how it's helped them in other areas of their lives. I'll also talk to parents, coaches and other healthcare professionals for tips, advice and insights on how we can keep girls engaged in sport. Thanks for joining me. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Mighty Girls. Today we have um, three people to introduce. We've got the whole prior family with us today. We've got Emily, we've got Reese, and we've got their mum, Jenny. Um, Jenny is the mum of two very sporty girls. We'll talk a little bit about their sports of choice. Um, but yes, today we're going to chat, um, as we always do, about Um, all things sport, how the girls became engaged in sport, how they stay motivated and engaged in their sport, um, and what they love about it. potentially even maybe what they don't. (laughs) So to get started, um, I'll hand over to you, Jenny. Um, I'd love to hear about when, I guess, you um, first started to notice that your girls were interested in all things sport, exercise, movement.
1: Well, hello, and thank you so much for having us. (laughs) Um, To be honest, I don't think I recognised that they were really interested in sport it was just um, this was how it was going to be i guess because i think for us it was slightly different because we had two girls who had disabilities and basically from a very early age being physically active it was always in the back of my mind that that was going to be the best thing for our long-term maintenance i guess and long it's like a type of therapy for their physical disabilities so being involved in sport was always one about their physical health and two about just that you know that act belong commit and being a part of their community because when you're a part of your community in any form um you know it helps with that inclusion later on in life which is is particularly more important for you know people with disabilities as well so Uh, really they had no choice (laughs) they were always going to be involved in some type of sport and I think they have an older brother who basically came out playing uh, with a football so he was incredibly sporty so uh, from the time that you know they were born he was a five-year-old boy being active in in community sport so it was just a natural progression.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you've got other kids as well Jenny you've got did you say Jack who's older?
1: Uh, Justin, who's older, so he's now 20, actually, and then Mm -hmm. we've got Jack, who's 13. So Jack is probably our least sporty, (laughs) Um, but he still plays a community sport. So, yeah, so really, uh, it it was always going to be a part of their lives.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That sounds like a very, very busy household.
1: (laughs) And I think one of the things we did really early on was... Um, to make life easier, it was about we're all going to do the same sport. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So we're in the same place at the same time and everyone can be involved and that worked for us, um, for football in particular, although Em didn't play football but she loved the social side of it so that was fine, Um, and then athletics as well, so...
0: Well, that that actually leads on because I know that athletics is kind of the f- for the girls especially the 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 go to. Um, Reese, um, tell me in athletics um, which of the disciplines you enjoy most, um, how you train for them, and maybe some of the accolades that you've um, achieved so far.
3: Um, so I train three times a week. For my main events are one 100- hundred meters 200 meters and long jump and occasionally a 400 even though it's not particularly my favorite event to run but um yeah we just train three times a week Tuesday Thursday and Sunday Tuesday is usually like uh starts and drills mainly working on like technique so just making sure that I'm running how I'm meant to be running and then Thursday is usually a bit more of endurance session, I would say, a bit longer s- distances during the off-season especially, um, yeah, just to keep up our fitness and testing out how our technique is working and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But Sunday is usually a bit of both. Sometimes it starts, sometimes it's a bit of endurance, sometimes it's a long jump. I do some long jump practice on Sundays. It's just, it's just a mix of it all really. Um, Fantastic.
0: It's good that you get that um, well-rounded kind of um, opportunity with athletics that you can try a bunch of different things and develop lots of different skills, right?
3: Yes, definitely. So when I first started athletics, I mean, I wasn't even told I was doing it. Mum just put me in a race and I was, yeah, just was a bit uh, put on the spot there, but
1: it was okay. Go, Mum. I was just going to say the reason I did that is because of Reese's personality and she is gorgeous, of course, but she's also the type of kid that if I told her on the Monday she was doing something brand new on the Friday, she would spend the whole week thinking about it, complaining about it, working out ways not to do it or not to want to do it. So I, you know, I always talk to them about I'm always going to want you to push yourself out of your comfort zone. So out of those places where you know you're comfortable in doing something, but I would never ever put them in a place that they were so out of their comfort zone that they felt frightened or scared. So, you know, that they would always trust that whatever decision that I was making at the time was always going to be in their best interest so I did surprise Reese and it was quite funny because I arrived at the place and I said to her okay so if you can keep a smile on your face the whole time tonight and not complain I'll give you $20 and so she's like yep okay
0: I can fantastic
1: and so we hopped out of the car and she goes I'm doing athletics aren't I And I'm like, yay, you are. And so she did get her $20. She did really well. And afterwards, of course, I said, so did you have fun? And she's like, oh, I had so much fun. I loved it. And I'm like, so can you now understand why I didn't tell you at the start of the week? And she's like, yep, totally. So it was, I don't know if it's my finest parenting, but it really worked for her. Absolutely, yes. And I think it's
3: it's been a happy ending and it's it's all worked
1: out, hasn't it, Reese?
3: Yeah, I'm very grateful that I was... Like I did that race because I've met some of the most amazing people throughout athletics and some of my best friends that I'll have forever really through that sport. And it's also kept me really active and fit and healthy, which is another important thing.
0: And with um, athletics, do you train with and you'll have to help me with the language um obviously there'd be other people that are competing with disability and what do you call people that are competing without disability
3: um okay so we are parents so we're just yeah kind of para athletes i guess you'd say and then we kind of call i guess it's able-bodied really okay kind
0: yeah.
3: of main words you would use but yes and
0: do you all train together or separately
3: yeah, we all train together so sometimes we all have different programs depending on what we're racing in so because we all do different events but our group is really mixed i would say there is probably more parents but there is a, a few able bodied which it's also a good push i think to for us parents to try and keep up with them and which is also helpful when you're trying to train to race your best time and stuff mm,
0: absolutely so. absolutely and how, um, Emily, did you come into athletics? Obviously, um, you know, judging by the discussion, you weren't part of the um, pop athletics quiz. <laughs> so how did you come to be involved? You
2: know, when Reese kind of started training, I would always kind of go down to the track and just hang out and watch and hang out with the group. And I just thought it was... Um, kind of cool and I wanted to get involved in like a sport so I just I don't know I just started trying to figure out what kind of athletics I could maybe do and I went um, down there I had like for a while I had throws coach and we did some throwing practice and now on like the, uh, like event days, I kind of just go there and have a go and just have some fun. Fantastic.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing, isn't it about athletics that it is about getting involved and trying different things. I noticed that the the throwing events um, or from what I gauge from your socials, they tend to be the ones that you gravitate towards?
2: Uh, Yeah. I do. I really enjoy um, throws and I, well, I have a race chair, but um, I don't like, I feel like I'm not as like good at it. (laughs) I need a bit more practice, but yeah, I really enjoy throws because it doesn't, I guess I don't really take athletics as like seriously as um, a race, but I just like to go down there and have a go.
1: I think one of the things that para athletes always get and it's quite interesting is that if you're a para athlete people automatically assume you want a pathway to the Paralympics Um, and I think you have to remind people just because you have a disability doesn't mean you're going to make make a Paralympic team or that you necessarily want that pathway it's Mm. you know same as me doing athletics I'm not going to go to the Olympics so Mm -hmm. It's just, sometimes it's an assumption. So I think um, it's just really important for kids with disabilities to be active in sports Mm. because they have less opportunities. They need more equipment. And you know, that equipment is always very, very expensive. So sometimes it's just about participating and being active and, and you know, the pathways are not important. It's just about, you know, about being part of a team.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think that's such a such an incredible point. Um, and I did notice that during the the Paralympics, particularly when um, Paralympians were being interviewed and they were often asked, you know, um, how important is it for you to inspire others and this, you know, and it was all whereas able-bodied athletes would just get asked the the normal questions, you know, like, how do you train? Um, you know, uh, what's next, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas the para athletes always, you know, it had to be that they were kind of uh, wearing the badge for the entire para community and, you know, all of their hopes were pinned on them. <laughs> Where I think um, I really love that, M. Um, you, you made that point that it's really for you just about getting in, getting involved, being active, and, you know, being part of the community.
1: And I think that was the one thing for me as well as, is, you know, girls without disabilities, you know, we know by the time they're 14 and 15, that they're, you know, dropping out of sport twice the rate of boys. Mm. Um, And, you know, that percentage of girls still participating in in sport post-15 is is really low in comparison. And even more so for kids with disabilities. Um, Mm. So I think in the back of my mind it was always, well, I I need my girls to have as many opportunities as possible
2: Mm. to
1: participate in sport and to continue to participate in sport because for them, um, you know, and in particular I know we'll chat about Em in the gym, is that is a part of her life ongoing. So Mm. um, for her to stay in the gym, to be fit, to be healthy, is the best possible thing that she can do for her cerebral palsy and, and the same with reese so um i think the thing that sort of has happened is whilst i introduced the girls to this sport it has become totally their own and it has to be their own so they have to own it and they have to want to be there and you know they have to want to get up at 7am on a sunday morning and get ready for training or they have to want to continue to train even you know reese trains rain hail or shine um so to want to do that, she has to own it.
0: Mm, Absolutely.
1: You know, as a parent, it's really changed over now. So I have really nothing to do with um, Reese's training program. I have nothing to do with um, her wanting to go to training or wanting to be a part of that. That's all on her and that's how it has to be.
0: We've talked about sport for sport's sake and how important it is just to enjoy activity for the for the sake of it and for the social aspects but i do know that we have an aspiring para-athlete in the house which is you reese can you tell us a little bit about what that looks like um the pathway um i guess to achieving that um and yeah what what's to come
3: well obviously one of my main goals would to be To compete for Australia at the Paralympics. Um, Definitely, that's where I would love to get to. Um, At the moment, I am in a program pathway with WACE, Target Talent Program, with some of the athletes, other athletes, able bodied, some para athletes. And so, most. I think it's every second Saturday or something like that, we will go down to WACE, which is the Western Australian Institute of Sport. um, And we will do some strength and conditioning, just looking at um, programs that we might need as athletes for the future and how we should be looking after our body, um, food wise as well, and recovery and injury prevention and all of that sort of stuff, which helps us as athletes. Is it harder
0: to um, bounce back from injury when you live with um, cerebral palsy?
1: I think, well, it, it's, I mean, Reese can talk and, and talk, it's, it's actually harder just to recover from an event.
0: Right. Because of the muscle density.
1: Yes, or, yeah. Right. yeah. So because of the, the spasticity in, in the girl's muscles, uh, you know, the recovery for, say, for you to run a 100 metres, you could probably then go and do a 100 metre heat in the morning and a final in the afternoon and, and your times would be fairly similar. Um, but for oh, that's so interesting. With cerebral palsy, the, that post-muscle recovery takes longer
0: yeah
1: or it's the warm-up of the muscles and then keeping the muscles really warm yeah um, so sometimes um that you know we have to be mindful like so we've got um we'll talk about you know in a, a big event three-day event coming up it's all right okay so we want to do the one and the 400 but they're on the same day so if you 100 hundred's like your that's your <sighs> one. if we do the 400 that means your legs gonna be tired for the next day for long jump which means you're probably not going to jump far And you know that so it's really yeah really thinking about how we um manage not only the events but manage um recovery and then you know putting into the fact that when you've got cp muscles so you know are going to be tight and sore so you know reese has had to do a lot of physio um and rehab in the lead up to her national cross country because she had a sore knee so you know just managing you know those those types of things so that's you know an added stress when you know you've got um something coming up and you know I know that's for all athletes but i think it's just finding the right people in your life that have a, a real understanding about what it's like for cp muscles um you know in the lead up to an event and post event as well
0: mm, absolutely
1: yeah so that's that's uh that one at the moment
0: yeah so for any other people that might be listening who have um, similar kind of aspirations. How did, obviously you would have been on the radar for these programs because of your performance, but was there anything else that you had to do or did they reach out to you? How does that work?
3: Yeah, we kind of just got sent an email to say that we were selected. Fantastic. For the target talent program based on performance at my, it was, I think the 2020, one nationals mm-hmm. um, because I placed bronze in long jump, which was pretty exciting.
1: Mm, oh, God, I can imagine. Australian records that time too. So that probably
0: helped. How many records?
1: I, for that competition, I think Reese got an Australian record for the 100, the 200, and the long jump. And then throughout that year, she broke them again. So in that particular year, she had five Australian records
0: goodness me
1: so she still holds two of them i believe so um we're now chasing to regain her long jump one (laughs) um and moving forward but obviously now she's got some very fast t38s to chase in uh clark who won a bronze at the commonwealth games who happens to be in uh, Reese's training squad and Ella Party. So they are running some very quick times that that Reese is chasing, um, along with another young lady, um, Indy Cooper, who also made the Australian Commonwealth team this year. So um, I
3: think Reese is hot on her tails, aren't you, Reese? Well, yes, trying to be, trying to chase her times. So I think you always got to look at other athletes and try and chase them because. Obviously,
0: you want their spot, so, Mm. um, yeah. Emily, um, I know because obviously, um, well, not obviously, other people may not know, but um, Lava Tribe has um, been kidding you out for a while with your gym gear. I know that you are a diligent gym goer. And it's a really important part of your, um, I guess, daily life. And I wanted to talk about what your um, gym program does for you, obviously, how it helps with your um, muscle and and staying well, but also, um, you know, from a mental health perspective and regulating emotions and all of those kinds of things, what you get out of that regular practice, and also how often you go?
2: Yeah, so I go to the gym about three times a week and I really love it and enjoy it. It's like when I'm there, I'm in like my own little element. <laughs> it's really good. Um, but I like the gym because it really helps my muscles to, you know, keep staying, like becoming stronger and stronger, and that's really important when you have cerebral palsy. Um. To keep your muscles strong and keep your body kind of fit and active and just for everyday life really and you yeah. notice
0: you notice the difference as far as does it what's the the benefit obviously you you've got to have stronger muscles but it does it mean that you're able to move more freely
2: uh yeah and like for longer journeys of time as well like mm-hmm. you can like i guess I can walk for longer, like longer distances, and I guess just keeping my muscles so they don't get as tight all the time and yeah. Fantastic. What's your favorite exercise in the gym? Um, I like to lift weights. I really enjoy that. Um, just like lifting weights and, you know, improving each time. Like, oh I got a PB. <laughs> Going heavier. Yeah.
0: Your um, your trainer must get a kick out of that. Tell me a bit about your trainer. I think you've been with him for quite a while.
2: About, about a year and a bit now, I reckon. Mhm. Um. So he is super. He's a super nice guy, and um, yeah. So he's got lots of exercises. Um that I do lots of lifting weights, you know, strengthening my arms for my throws as well, because that's really important when I do athletics. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we just kind of talk and adapt the exercises for me, for my benefits. Yeah, brilliant.
0: Yeah.
1: He's, um so it's, his name is Toby and he's fantastic actually. We love Toby. Um, So we, Em's obviously whole life from when she was born was about early intervention and um, so she um, would go to a physiotherapist Um, and then I guess what happens is you reach a certain age and um, whilst a physiotherapist will always be a part of Em's life because because of the NDIS, you have to have, you know, that overarching uh, professional that can help Plan and prepare what's best for someone, with, you know, with a disability. But um, so Toby works well with our physiotherapist and um, obviously designs and adapts um, exercises so that M can do them to her ability. So you know, you may be in the gym standing lift, lifting the weight, whereas M may be seated or she may be against a wall, or you know, yeah. so he's working to help. Um, the accessibility of that exercise but also um to work on those um parts of m's body that need you know the extra work so like Em said keeping um her muscles from um, getting super tight or con- you know contractures or um or when and after she has botox when the muscles um you know uh, spasticity is reduced then working on other muscles to make them even stronger so it's a real um you know combination of 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 gym activities but it became for em um you know it was really important for her well as a 15 year old girl i want to be in the gym i don't want to be you know hanging out with the little kids anymore in the physio you know play group kind of thing i'm i'm a grown-up teenager and what's normal well normal is teenage girls go to the gym or they you know be a part of their community so again like I said before that's Em's ownership so um she owns that and that's hers and that's why she loves going so much I actually don't even go so I don't even step foot in I have I just talked to Toby but um you know because again 15 year old girls don't have their mother going everywhere with them so this is her growth um so yeah, so I don't even I don't even see what happens. I get pictures occasionally, <laughs> but it's all up to Em and Toby to work together.
0: Fantastic, and so good to hear that it's um, you know a multifaceted approach. That there's a whole team yeah. that's kind of working on it, and yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Everybody has challenges in life. Um, you know, you can't get away from them. But I know that there's sort of an extra level that the two of you um, have to contend with. Do you find that your, um, and Rhys, might ask you first, do you find that your sport helps you deal with and manage those things more effectively? Or I guess to put it another way, do you notice the difference on the days where you do exercise as opposed to those that you don't?
3: Yeah, I I would say that I do notice a little bit of a difference. Um, first of all, I really do enjoy like going down to my training group because it's just it's such a fun and happy environment and everyone gets along very well. We're always laughing like we're probably the loudest group at the track, to be honest, mm-hmm. I would. Yes, we are the loudest and we're always having fun. Like as much as it's serious, we want to we want to get things done. It's always fun it's always laughing like which also really helps your mental health it gives you like after a hard day at school maybe you, you can go to training and just a lot of fun but you just forget about things that could be worrying you I guess and you just enjoy it and as well I think running also like you might have had a bad day so you just run it out you just you go for a run like it also helps that I would say Yeah. Yep,
0: I feel that. I'm a runner. So, mm, yep. <laughs> what
3: about you, Em? Well,
2: I agree with actually a lot with what Reese is saying. I think it's like when you're keeping active, it kind of helps you have like a good, healthy, happy mindset and you kind of forget about other things that like maybe worrying you, especially when I'm lifting weights. Like, you know, sometimes if there's something on my mind or I'm like angry about something, I just put all my anger into like lifting that weight. Yeah, or I did this exercise once—the ball slams. Oh, I and love a
0: ball slam. You know, yeah,
2: yeah, you're out. <laughs> or your emotions, yeah. So, yeah, I love doing that. The- one of the
1: other things that I love, and I think really helps um, with mental health. Um, obviously, we know that exercise um, is like one of the best things you can do with all your endorphin release and and all of that. But I think the other thing that I find really helps the girls and Reese sort of touched on that was is the group of people that you're training with. So um in, in Reese's group in particular, because Em's with her training is is more herself, um, but she's within that gym community where everybody knows her, they know her P B, they high five, you know, they're all invested in her as well, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Reese is surrounded by a group of wonderful uh, role models and mentors. So not only does she see as a young 15-year-old girl, you know, girls her age, but she's also watching girls in their 20s, that you know, 25s, 30s that are still training, that have had injury, that have had setbacks, um, that have had, you know, disappointments. And so she's watching those girls Um, and how they deal with it and Mm. you know they're all driven they're all in in that same mindset so i think that that's really powerful as well for their you know their mental health so you know it's Mm. that long commit isn't it the minute you are belonging to a group like that um and you're surrounded by girls um and boys in the, the same situation i think that automatically helps your mental health because whether those, you know, people know it or not, they are huge mentors and role models for her and for any mm. girls. So um, I think that's really important too. My goal for both my girls is to have, um, you know, for them to be as independent as possible and to be a part of their communities. And um, it's it's really amazing just watching that all come to fruition. So I'm very proud of both of them. It's done a oh, great
0: job. As you should be. Yeah, you've, you've done a great job. <laughs> did you say they've done a great job? Or you've. D- uh, I
1: did say they, but I, um, okay, I've done a great <laughs> you'll job. Take it, you'll take it, you'll take it.
0: We're a great team. <laughs> yeah, great, absolutely a great team. And I think that's a really good place for us to wrap up on actually because you were talking about goals and being a team. And um, I wanted to ask about um, the greatest achievements thus far. I know there's many more to come, but We'll start with Emily. What would you say your stand, standout achievement or achievements have been?
2: Um, well, I think firstly, one of the things that's like not sport related is probably when I got a voiceover gig for a t- um, one of a kids TV show. I, um, I thought that was pretty cool and I really enjoyed Filming 60 episodes. Wow,
0: and, that's a lot.
2: Yeah. So I think that's a good um, one of the achievements for me. And I think also, I guess, just improving in, like, doing some more athletics and going to the gym and reaching all my goals that I've wanted to, you know, achieve.
1: The other thing that you, you probably don't always think about and you're not you know, it's it's not always um, why you do something, but it's um, you know that young voice for other young disabled kids and the path that yeah. you led, um for those coming behind you in just um, really yeah. owning your life and doing everything that you want to do, regardless of the barriers. We you always try to remove those barriers and you know improve that
2: accessibility, like- but showing other kids that, like, it's okay if you have a disability. Like, it doesn't um matter. You can do what you, like, want to and, you can like, have dreams and, yeah.
0: Yeah, you we, definitely we, exemplify like that, that M, for sure.
2: To be really proud of
1: your disability of and who you are as well because yeah. I think a lot of young kids, um, and I know we've had lots of messages from parents about, um, you know their young kids really struggling with the fact that they have a disability um, and so for em she's always been very proud of who she is and of her disability because that's mm. a part of who she is so mm. um that real sense of disability pride i think has been something that emily you know, you are helping to instill upon that young you know the newly diagnosed kids or the young kids that are still yeah. in a struggle it doesn't mean they are not gays at You know aren't difficult or that you know like oh my god my muscles are so tired today I'm just staying in my chair all day because I'm too tired to walk or my muscles hurt and I you know there are certainly days like that but um, I think you know you're really proud of your disability and and who you are and I think that's um, you know a message that's really important as well.
0: And Reese, let's finish off by hearing about your athletics pursuits and the standout achievements of, you know, the last, I don't know, when did you start sort of, you know,
3: Um, I think it was like maybe 2019 possibly. Yeah. Okay. I did athletics when I was a little bit younger, but I don't think I enjoyed it as much as I did. I do now. Um, So I kind of stuck to hoodie for a little bit. Um, But then yeah i went into athletics but i also wanted to add with the advocating for people with disabilities it's also really important to show that um people with disabilities can do sport and um also are doing sports and like we can just we can play us just as well as you do we can just as well as you do and like that's also another reason why i love doing the sport to show other kids with disabilities and help them involve get involved with sport not
1: only if
0: it's just athletics, it
3: could be any other sport, but mm. that as well.
1: It's you
0: fantastic and so important.
1: You can't be what you can't see. So, um, you know, with everything that, um, you know, the, the kids do when they're out there and, you know, especially like, you know, even the tele- televising of the Paralympics this year was or last year was fantastic and same with the COM Games. We actually saw um you know events and more importantly for the girls both of them in either of um you know sort of their fields had people competing had friends competing so you know watching it for us was a whole new experience but um you know you can't be what you can't see and you know young girls aren't seeing themselves represented in sport i think globally it's like four percent of women in sport um Mm. is in the media. So, you know, they're not seeing themselves um, be represented. Um, so when the girls are out there and they're competing and they're making friends and they're finding other para athletes and they're on socials and stuff like that, it, it is what Rhys said. It's showing other kids with disability, not only the importance of, of you know, acting, belonging and committing to a, you know, a community sport and keeping healthy and um, fit and active, um, but it's it's just showing a pathway that you know it, it doesn't matter if you have a disability and you need to be you know in a walking frame or use sticks or use a wheelchair. We can find a sport for you.
3: When I first started, I obviously I knew some disabled athletes, but my I didn't I didn't know a lot of them. I I wasn't sure how many there were, and I didn't know people's names and like now that I've come into the sport, it's just such a more open place. Like there's so many more disabled athletes that I've become friends with. I've like, we've shared our stories. We can compare how like they do that. And I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. I'll try that. Like it might work for me. Like it's it's awesome to see um, different people and similar disabilities to you which is why I really enjoyed the national championships was because I, obviously in WA, there's not a lot of um, para-athletes. There's a few of us, but there's not a heap of us. So when we all competed at nationals, there was people with disabilities from all over the, like Australia. And it was awesome to see like how many there actually is. Like I had a full race of eight people. Wow. Whole, full race. Whereas, WA there's like four of us in the one race like it was awesome to be able to compete with people my age and people my speed and like was able to push me a bit more and so that was really awesome as well it's all about your technique it's all about how you race but as soon as that race is over you're you're all friends like yeah but I think
1: you're also so excited for each other too like my God, did you get a PB? Yeah, I got a PB. So that excitement between each of them—it's actually, even though it's so individual, it's so supportive. It's—it's it's a really beautiful thing um, to actually to be a part of. So um, I think it's—it's it's yeah. been really important for both the girls, uh, in that they've um, been able to really um, find their their group of people um, that get it. Just you know, they just totally get it.
3: Anyway, back to the achievements. Um, so recently, I competed at the national cross country championships, which was held in Adelaide. Um, and I also I ran the three kilometre race. It was it was what it was something. of course It was the extremely muddy. So it was like on a horse track.
0: Oh wow! So
3: not only was it a bit uneven, which is a little bit hard as a person with a disability, because uneven surfaces makes me a bit unbalanced, but it was extremely muddy, because um, it had rained the few days before, but yeah, we had mud everywhere, but I managed to get a bronze medal in that, which I'm pretty
0: Congratulations, happy. that's awesome.
3: Thank um, you. And then obviously a few years before that, I competed at the 2021 national championship and I got a bronze in my long jump, which I was, I was super happy about it. Just made the podium.
0: Brilliant.
3: Nearly got second, but just got picked by percentage because that's how we work it out because there's different categories because um, obviously some people are more are more disabled. So we are all in different categories. And then we have this percentage, which goes off the world record. Okay. So how we kind of figure out first, second and third.
0: All oh, right, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Um,
1: yeah, so the closer you are to the world record, the better your percentage. So, mm-hmm. for example, um, when Reese ran the cross country race, she actually came across the line second. Mm-hmm. But on percentage, because uh, the T37 that came across the line third, so she's slightly more disabled than Reese. So her percentage of the world record was high. But oh my goodness, it was just by a tiny little. It was like, oh, you we were sitting Doo. on the
0: edge of your seat.
1: Okay. But, but also for Reese, it was a huge um, personal achievement because previously she had almost, you know, like when I think when you raced last time, you were like 10th across the line or something yeah. like that. So it's that natural sort of progression yeah. up the podium, which was fantastic. But if you think of the mud rush, um if you've ever done a mud rush that's kind i of know what,
0: but i know what it is yeah, yeah
1: kind of what the cross-country <sighs> felt like <laughs>
0: All right, guys, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I think there's just so many pearls of wisdom for young athletes overall, but especially obviously for young athletes that are competing with disabilities. So I wanna thank both of you um, and Jenny, you too, for um, you know just really sharing what that journey looks like and um, your experiences thus far. So thank you so much for joining me on Mighty Girls.
3: You're welcome. Thank you for coming out